It's a hard knock life for this district in Paris, France. Nous parlons de films. Nous parlons de miserable. Starring Damien Bernard, Debril Guzonga, and Alexis Minetti. Written by Laji Lai, Gordiano Giuliani, and Alexis Minetti. Directed by Laji Lai. And I apologize for butchering every single one of your fucking names. But that's what we do but- here. But take that stupid armband off, because everyone knows we're cops. Since we're doing French, I'm going to try my French, which is going to be fucking horrible. C'est moi, la loi. Which somehow translates into, I am the law. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Today we're going to be talking about the 2019 film Les Miserables. No, there is no singing, no, there is no dancing, but it is in French. But before we throw you over to Scott, we want to give a big shout out to Christopher Reed, otherwise known as Kid from Kid and Play. He uh, liked and shared uh, the episode we did on House Party, so we want to thank him so much. And if you haven't checked out uh, him or our House Party episode, Give it a give it a listen. Anyway, Scott, Les Miserables from 2019, take us away. See, the thing that I like about our podcast is that we're both coming in blind in terms <laughs> of what the other response, like the other party's responses. Nobody like, I knows don't know nothing on this show. Yeah, like I don't know what you're thinking about this movie. I have an idea uh, about the films and when we pick them. Right now, with with this film in particular. I enjoy the cinematography a lot. Uh, I thought the drone shots were outstanding. And I can see why it was nominated for a bunch of fucking awards last year. Mm -hmm. But I really want to hear what you have to say on this before I delve a little deeper because I had some problems with it. Okay. So uh, we got... Just to give you a bit of a a recap, essentially what this film is about is uh, it's basically like almost like a French training day, uh, as in the film training day, uh, that takes place in a suburb just outside of Paris uh, called Montfermeil, France, which I definitely did not say that right, uh, which is actually the same town that Victor Hugo wrote the his 1962 novel of the same name, Les Miserables, uh, and also where a big portion of the film is set. Uh, it's where Jean Valjean meets uh, Cosette, if uh, you are uh, familiar with the play. Um, yeah, so this takes place uh, in, in this little French uh, suburb, and it's basically showing kind of law enforcement engaging with the primarily black community, um, and obviously things do not go well. And uh, it kind of goes from there. Uh, so what? Do, so your question is, what did what did I think of it? Yeah, yeah. Like I want I want to hear your thoughts because I'm probably this is going to be something a little bit different. We're going to bizarre world. I'm probably going to go a little longer than you on this film. Oh, that's awesome uh, because I found it I found it interesting and yet a bit disjointed and it felt long. It's uh, it comes in in an hour. It's an hour and forty three three minutes long, and honestly, like it it I watched it multiple times just to get ready for the show, and uh, it felt like a three hour long movie. I was like, "Fuck, man! Like, is this not done?" Like, I actually realized about uh, 
when when it's got about 30 minutes left, you feel like that should be the end of the movie and it's not. And you're kind of like, oh, I got to get I kind of get it back into this. Um, <laughs> and just 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 I didn't just watch this for this show. Like when I missed it in the theater, we have a little independent uh, theater in Kitchener, Waterloo area called Princess Cinema. So actually, after COVID, if anybody wants to go check out independent cinema, check out Princess Theater in Waterloo, Ontario. They're fantastic over there. Um and so I was super stoked to see it in the theater. I missed it. And then I noticed that Amazon had the rights. And then we ended up in one of those situations where, you know, Amazon had the American rights and you had to wait for it to come out. I think I ended up watching it on Crave. Uh, so I was super excited to watch this movie in general. And I was, I don't know if the word disappointed, I was bored. I was definitely bored with the movie. Anyway, uh, go ahead, Scott, and we can go back and forth on this. Okay. So like I said, I'm probably going to go a little bit long. Um for me, I think this film lacks two things. One being an, uh, an ending, the huh. other is an identity. Okay. I, I don't know which article you took that from, but it sounds very well put together. I fucking came up with this. You shut your fucking mouth when you talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to speak about the latter first. And, it. and it actually is funny because with my other comment, because I don't know what you're saying. Like, I didn't know what you were going to say, but I thought I was watching a French remake of Training Day 2, right? Yes. Which, which with, we normally see, you know, Americanized remakes of other languages, like other countries' movies, right? Sure. So I was actually excited to see you take the premise of Training Day and see it in another, another environment, right? Not LA, not the States or whatever, right? You know, there's no Denzel Washington, King Kong, I get nothing on me kind of scenario, right? And it makes, I thought it was going to make for good cinema, right? So just like the ring speaks different than Ringu and the French film, The Untouchables is way superior to the American remake of The Upside. And I thought what they started with this movie was great untouchables start... by, yeah by the way the french movie untouchables you go out and watch it the movie is fucking amazing if you haven't seen that yeah. movie you don't you don't need to see the upside don't don't watch uh, the one with cranston in it watch watch yeah. the original now when they started with the social political hierarchy of that city in montfermeil whatever the fuck it's called right yeah where the we're trying to like I'm trying to figure out where does the police unit fall in the theocracy, right? We meet this mayor, we meet like the squad leader Chris, but we'll call him Pink Piggy so we don't confuse him with you. Hey, what's um, up? <laughs> right? Sure. It, it's trying, yeah, where he's trying to get this power, right? And then you meet the reformed criminal Shala, who has found God, but he's still respected and feared from the community. I'm like, and just even if they extended on that, the fucking gypsies going around saying, come join the circus. Right. I thought that would have been a way better movie. Like if this film ended, like you said, like pretty much where you had Guada breaking down at the pub and getting the drone card, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Because you've got a full story arc there, right? You're like, okay, we're good. And I'm not suggesting that that makes a good movie, but that would have been a natural end point you know what i mean exactly but it didn't end there chris no it did, not. There. <laughs> it did not this is where this is where that first fly said with no ending i'm like it's literally like someone in france was the reverse of you 
and while they're cutting this movie, they're like, we need more shots. <laughs> so they're like, we got we all don't this extra footage that we, uh, we haven't used. Let's just tack it on the end here. So they're like, hey, let's just write a nice, quick 15 minute remake of The Raid. And we're just going to fucking tack that at the end. And that it literally. And some of that put, stuff was good. Like some of it was good. But yeah, it felt like, why is this happening at this point in the movie? Like it, it should have been in the, like the center. That would be what you would call your, like uh, your climax or, or part of your rising action. You know what I mean? Like ew, those bowlers, if you haven't seen the movie, like when they catch the kid Issa, if that's how they caught him perfect right but to have this whole character arc with the rookie cop stephanie taking care of this child who got it was it rubber bullets or I, smoke I, pellet? I, I couldn't tell if it was a rubber bullet or if it was a uh beanbag gun yeah well whatever he got shot with in the face they did i actually looked like i was looking up i'm like do french police officers not carry handguns but then he actually pulls out his like his like glock or whatever later on with the the lions and the gypsies lions and gypsies and oh my anyway keep going yeah so can, can we still call have... them gypsies they were called gypsies in the movie so please don't yeah, take any offense that's gypsies. that's what they were referred to in the movie yeah but yeah like to me like having that whole like to me the made-up conference like the made-up conflict between the child Issa and the rookie caught where he has the Maltov and the cop now pulls his gun on the kid. Like they literally wrote themselves into a corner where whatever the other person did would just contradict the whole movie past. So they didn't have an ending. That's why it just fucking faded to black with no resolution to what it actually happened. Well, and it's, so I checked. So when they first arrest the kid or actually when they, when they shoot him with the beanbag gun, uh, spoiler alert. Remember, this is a new movie, so you guys got to fucking expect this shit. Um, that's 53 minutes in. It's half the movie. I'm like, holy fuck. It took us half an hour, to, or sorry, half the movie to get to that point. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Right? And, and that's the thing. That's why I thought, I'm like, this movie lost the identity it had once they started, like, throwing the fucking raid in, right? So, and, but don't get me wrong. Like, the cinematography is great. Like the story did, it captivated, but then like to me, like that third act did not even have to be in this film. So what, so first off, this is uh this film was based on or developed from a short film of the same name by uh, Letty Lise. So he wrote a great little 15 minute short film called Les, Les Miserables in 2017 um, and it basically is all the, it, it actually has a much more natural progression. There's no, there's no gypsies aroma. There's no Muslim brotherhood or anything. It's basically them harassing the kids, like the scene where they harass the girls for the hash and stuff. That's all in there. So it feels much more like training day because they didn't, they didn't try and fill in more characters. It's just like shitty white cops and, and a, and a black community kind of thing. And it's like, you can watch it on YouTube, by the way, and I, I highly recommend going and watching it. Um, the cinematography is not as big because it's a, it's much more of a small scale thing. Um, and uh, Damien Bernard is in it uh, again. Uh, actually, I think all the all the actors re- reprise yeah, their roles. It's all of them, right? 
Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I, it's good. I it's good. Just, I would, and I would before. highly recommend watching that. And it's got them. If they would have taken kind of that approach, you know, like uh-huh. a like a, a ninety minute or even shorter, and just kind of flush that out. But I agree with you. As soon as you get in all these other characters, it's like if you want all those other characters, then maybe they should have they should do like a Netflix limited series. Because the problem is, is that you have more characters to flush out the story, but then you don't devote enough time so you kind of just feel like you're touching all these things and never really getting any like like you don't really develop any type of uh empathy or like opinion at all on any of these characters it's it's it all it's it's moving too fast but also very it feels very slow you know what i mean and you know some of the uh some of the comments i that i read in the like articles and stuff with, it was interesting. Okay, so the director, uh, Ledi Lise, he's from that area. He was actually, uh, he was born in Mali, which is French-speaking. So he grew up in uh, Montefermel, France, which is exact, is where this is uh, um, set. And so you would expect him to, like, take, not, like, not see so much stuff through the almost, like, POV of the police officers. You know what I mean? Like, it almost felt like you were watching the day unfold and I understand they do switch to the other character, but primarily it really felt like you were from the, the police officer's POV. Um, and the quote I've got about it is uh, from Rob Thomas from the Capital Times. And he says, it's as if, and then he puts in brackets, to use Lynn's own literary allusion against them, Hugo's Les Miserables was told entirely from the point of, the viewpoint of Inspector Javier. And it's true. It's like this, it's, it's like, this thing that's supposed to be talking about, you know, social injustice and police brutality and stuff, but you're almost watching it from the wrong point of view, in my opinion, but that's not even my, my major criticism. I, I, I agree with you. I felt like that it was a bit disjointed and it definitely felt long. Yeah. Like it, I wouldn't say it felt long. Like I, I did think time frame, like an hour or whatever it went, it was good, but I think they needed to make it more concise. They needed to, no beginning to end what it what it what this film was to be presented sure and i think if you haven't watched it you should definitely watch it because it is good cinema and with this um this being lottie lee's first directorial debut like he like everybody he, he's going to be on watch lists, like people to watch 100%. for sure. Well, like, he, he won the Cannes, Cannes Film Festival jury prize for this. So he, and he was nominated or the film was, won, so he won the jury prize and then the film was nominated for an Oscar in the international category. It was nominated for a BAFTA for a non-English speaking film. Uh, and then it went to Cannes and was nominated both for the uh, Palme d'Or and the Golden Camera for first time filmmaker. So like those, those that that's huge, and I mean the thing's got an eighty-eight percent critic and an eighty-eight percent audience rate. Like, it's it's considered a solid film. Very very established institutions think it's great. He's definitely going to be a, a director to watch. Do you uh, and do you know that uh, he served three years? Well, he served two years in prison, but he originally got a three-year prison sentence for kidnapping and basically and false imprisonment, which is basically like you know, capturing someone and holding them against their will. I couldn't find any details on that, but I was like, oh, interesting. And then you go to the Oscars. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but from what I read as well, like some of the stuff in terms of the social, political 
uh, hierarchy that was presented in this film was from his childhood as well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I said, he's, so, that's his story. It's like autobiographical almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's it was well done, um, but yeah, like for me, it was just those two things. Just like it irritates me because I think it would have been like one of the better movies we've done this year as opposed to the ending just like frustrated me like to no end so, <laughs> so no you end. were so you were super let down by the ending though but otherwise but, otherwise you were fine yeah uh, without it it was great i think with when it didn't turn into the 15 minute re- french remake of the raid <laughs> like it was literally like it was captivating and I liked how, you know, the mayor's trying to fuck over the cops because he doesn't want them to have more power. Right. And then they both have to go to the Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah, to Shala. Right. And then try to present their cases to Shala. And then, you know, yeah, you, you drop off the kid with drug dealers, right? To hide them. And they get and, he and gets the a, kid gets put in a cage with a lion. Yeah, like well, to the reflection of the gypsies kind of thing. And, and that's why, like, it it had good beats, right? And I think by, by going and kind of changing it, like, you'd figure either is a, like, where, how we were talking before, sorry, um, how we were talking before in terms of where it was supposed to end, like, you had the, the second senior cop, Gada, I believe his name was, right? Who was literally the child that was raised in that community who was tired of the way he was treated by cops become a cop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't like what was going on, but he never spoke out about it. And then all of a sudden, he he has his whole frustrations, like he has his whole breakdown. You you find out the reason why the beanbag or thing goes and like that would have been perfect like technically him just throwing out um well and and again they show cachon like being like a family man and stuff like they're trying to they're trying to humanize everything and i get it like he's not he's trying to not go down that american route of like there's good and there's bad and you know either the cops are good or the cops are bad he's he's showing those that nuance um but yeah, again, I, I agree. It felt it felt kind of disjointed. So basically, what you're saying is either watch all, all the movie up until the last 15 minutes, or only watch the last 15 minutes for that raid scene because that raid scene is kind of cool. Yeah, it, it, that's the thing. It's two separate movies, right? Like, if they wanted to make a sequel, they should have just gone with that fucking that fucking shit. Them going after the, the you find out there's a second copy of that drone footage or something like that, and they got to raid it. But I don't know, man, like for you, would you like in terms of what you saw, would you recommend it? Like, would you say like, you know what? It's it's good. I, I would, I would recommend it as basically like a film you should watch because it talks about some important socio-political issues. Uh, It looks very beautiful. Um, I mean, it's, it's good exposure to just, you know, decent filmmaking, but I would put a big like asterisk on the, like, you're probably not going to be overly entertained for the whole period of it. You know what I mean? How would you, if you, let's say you had a time machine 
and you wrote the ending. How would if you I had a time machine, that? I'd be doing other shit than fucking re- rewriting the ending to this movie. Um, <laughs> investing in Bitcoin. That's that's right. Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, GameStop. Um, if, if I had a, if I had a time machine, I had to rewrite the ending. Uh, well, I would have I would have taken I would have definitely had that raid scene in, and I agree with you. What I would have done is I would have made that how they got the the chip back or whatever you know what i mean instead of like they go in again spoiler they go in and they do like more of like a search and seizure and stuff like that i would have had that i would have actually had that in like the center of the movie and then i would have made it shorter and then we would have kind of come off with that and honestly i i would have had more retribution for the police officers you know what i mean in in regards to what i don't know have them all get murdered or something but that's the thing there's only one that was like you had that the rookie cop who was just there because he wanted to be close to his kid. Yeah, but right? you asked me yeah. how to, you asked me how I would rewrite the movie, and I just fucking. But why told would you. why would they all get murdered? Because that just shows like sometimes like sometimes like the one cop does something bad, the bad apple, right? The bad apple in the bunch. Well, it fucking gets the whole bunch shot because I think that would have been dope, right? Like they're and and I already have it pictured like they're they're all sitting in their squad car and the kids come up and they just like fucking throw like a firebomb in the car or something like that burn them all up ah! and then go to black not the attacking by fireworks <laughs> no firebomb firebomb no i was gonna say in this one they attack the cops with fireworks i understand that and i'm saying no firebomb firebomb those <laughs> motherfuckers and then we can go all uh what's his name there uh Who's the big uh, Transformer blow stuff up the filmmaker? Uh, make it like that. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Yeah, make it make Michael Bay like <laughs> fucking car flips up in the air. Slow. So it's going to be slow, slow motion yeah, explosions. Slow, and way. then the little kids are just walking away because real men don't look back at explosions. That's right. And then they, they have to have a cigarette that they like flick. Extreme close up. Anyway. Pull a, pull a little. Oh, my God. No. Um, who's the guy who did face off? The director? Yeah, yeah. And he did Mission Impossible 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can't... Uh, John Woo. Yes. You do a little John Woo with the pigeons just flying too <laughs> with the cigarettes. So you say the ending is uh, searching for an identity. So what do you mean by that? Well, it's not the ending searching. For, I think the film was searching for an identity. It's either... Because those last 15 minutes was, oh, this is a full-blown action film. And everything prior to that was, this is a social political drama. Okay. Right? Like that. So you basically, you're saying like, yeah, it does. It's not, it doesn't know who, who it's trying to be. Like it's it's trying to be a couple different things at the same time, which is kind of what we talked about with Cherry. Uh, If you haven't heard our episode uh, on Cherry by the Russo brothers, definitely check that out. Um, That kind of disjointedness, like not being able to pick a line and be like, this is the story I want to tell. And this is how I want to tell it. Yeah, no, exactly. That's 100%. Like they had, and I think the, the, the majority of this film was perfect, right? Like, they should have gone with that instead of throwing in just now we're going to be full blown action. Yeah. For, for no. Like I said, I, I, I think, I think if they would have just kept it as like a, a police procedural kind of like neo-noir style, you know what I mean? No one. Yeah. No, I know what you mean, but I don't know. All, all I'd say is definitely go out and watch the 2017 short film, Les Miserables by the same director Check it out on YouTube. That will probably give you enough. 
And then uh, if you've got Crave or if you've got access to this thing for free, uh, you know, check it out. Check it out. It's, it's, it's very well shot. Um, but uh, you, may, uh, you may not be overly entertained. Anyway, uh, anything else from you, Scott? And that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also reach us and interact with us on social media at how do you like that one or email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com. That's the thing. I think they just literally, I, I honestly think it was just somebody was just the reverse Chris. Like, hey, man, I think we need more guns in here. I think, <laughs> I think we, need, we need something. We need more footage. We, we, like I said, we shot all this stuff. And I mean, they're paying us for it. So let's put it in the movie. Um, we're just like, we're way under budget. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.